in the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including that finally it is fucking game week 2022. Uh, we got Kent State Let's this go. weekend. I, I am your host, Hooligan7. I am joined tonight by that voice you just recognized is DJ K. Woody. Johnny Tugs making his return to the podcast after a long, hard summer of, of working like a dog. Uh, the Darker Night in Hood Husky. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing Excited. Well, doing well. Can't wait. Game week, baby. All right. Well, Tugs, uh, you can kick it off with uh, beverages for the evening. I, I just saw it on screen, and it's almost school colors there. So what you got? I can't hear you, Tugs. We lost your audio. While Tugs figures that out, Darker Night, what do you have? <laughs> um, slow sipping on a, a Knob Creek old fashioned, you know, Ooh. something to start the week off right. Nice. That's uh, that's a good way to start for sure. We're uh, we'll figure out what's going on with. You got me now. Yep, we got you. We got you. Oh, okay, okay. I'm drinking a Georgetown Lily IPA. Okay. Nice. Ooh, that's on fire. Yeah, nice. it's pretty good. Can't go wrong with Georgetown. Nice. DJ, how about you? Okay, uh, I'm not drinking anything. I'm going on a, like a one minute rant here. Uh, so I'm I'm eating a Dairy Queen Blizzard. I, I'm off this week. And I saw the new fall flavors came out. I was like, I got to try this one flavor, which is a cinnamon roll one. I went there. They gave me the wrong kind. I was really mad. So I went back. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go back. I live a mile away. And then I got it and tried it. And it's super mid. I'm very disappointed that I, did, I went all the way back for that. Uh, oh, yeah. I will say on the subject of ice cream, Moto Pizza, at, which is also like the greatest pizza I've ever had in my life. Moto Pizza in West Seattle, the Moto Cones, and they put it in like, if you get a Moto Cone, it's not actually a cone. It's like combination like churro, cinnamon roll, cinnamon cinnamon sugar delicious delicious goodness that you like eat your ice cream out of and ice cream softens it up it is unholy good that uh, sounds bomb i love cinnamon type stuff whole picture yes i love cinnamon so anything like that sounds delicious i need to get that literally like moto pizza that we went a couple weeks ago top five meal in my life and everything else is like a tasting menu fancy ass restaurant and Detroit style, and then also in that list is Detroit style pizza and ice cream. It's fucking insane. Um, Hood, without further ado, what, what do you got tonight? What's uh, your imbibation of choice? Oh my goodness gracious! So uh, I'm I'm the boring guy again, you know, uh, taking my spot <laughs> back over. I got my I got my water, my handy dandy H2O. But shout out to that Blizzard though. Um, my lady loves blizzards, and we tend to order them pretty often. <laughs> Fortunately, unfortunately, my favorite is the like uh, frosted animal cookie. Yeah, oh, that was good. Frosted animal cookie uh, blizzards. Yeah, 
Oh. Anybody remember a, a few years ago when they did like school school color or school like like they did like UW animal cook like they did like and there were some w, WSU oh. ones but wow. the company that makes animal cookies they made UW ones that they were I mean they're they're good anyway but frozen animal cookies during games particularly like as the season progressed it was quite nice uh, I will Damn. finish up with my beverage of choice uh, hood you'll as I said earlier in in the GC you'll appreciate this one I am sipping on a Lucky Envelope Brewing, peanut butter, cream stout. Ooh. Oh, that sounds thicker than a Snickers. Are right we getting there. fancy? <laughs> I also, I, I will also say, I, I did a little uh, liqueur exploration before the podcast and uh, pre-gamed with a Five Farms County Cork Ireland single batch Irish cream uh, that I found a Total Wine that will be appearing in my game day coffees henceforth for this season. <laughs> I'm gonna need to when I'm not driving, that is. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need to, you don't have to DM me that one. I'm, I'm gonna need to know what that's that's looking like. Both of them, or or, or the, just the area? Uh, let's do both of them. September first is officially Porter and Stout season for me. So. Yep. Oh. If football season, it's it's the dark of the darker. Yep. Darker beers, it's on. Uh, all right. Uh, I didn't necessarily prepare for this segment, but uh, I'm sure we've got some uh, stupid tweets. <laughs> Yo, I uh, I'm not gonna say it's it's a stupid tweet, but I finally got something. Um, I would say the uh, the outrage over the Kayvon Thibodeau block, uh, just kind of see the, oh the cut block, um, and how everybody was all soft about it and things like that. And you had people like Mark Schlereth and other former old linemen talking about, you know, it was the defender that, if anything, was did what he wasn't taught, you know, and kind of got himself hurt. Um, so I found that I found that to be kind of funny. People thinking that that was dirty or, or things like that. And then somebody, I remember somebody posted uh, uh, George Kittle's highlights for the, the NFL Network. Actually, posted George Kittle's highlights for um, the top 100 and showed him literally doing that same cut block backside like that. So uh, you know, NFL's highlighting it while people are calling the play dirty. So it's pretty funny. Um, and it was obviously a certain school that was going harder than others. Well, wasn't didn't didn't Jordan Ruffert was like, why did he like stop and like lower his shoulder to take the hit? Like, why didn't he keep his? I I believe it was him. Why didn't he keep his feet moving? He's got the agility to to shed that. He's like just danced left, and it's not an issue. Like it was it was refit and refit and everybody refit and everybody. That yeah. Was saying it. Wow. So so did he? I I haven't really been paying attention to the NFL preseason like I probably should be, but did he did he get hurt from that? I obviously I don't want to see that, but did he get, did he keep playing or what happened? He, they took him out. He didn't, he, yeah, didn't, he didn't play the rest of the game. I mean, it but looked kind of bad, but yeah, he was fine. He was a joking okay. on the sideline a little bit. Did they say yeah. something was sprained or something? It might have been. Yeah, he has sprained MCL, PCL. Yeah, he knows. Like he might have missed a week or two in the regular season, but yeah, nothing long term. Okay. Okay. All right, I got one. Uh, it's I think I can't find the actual tweet, so to read it word for word. But you guys know which one I'm talking about from our the famous Ryan Schill, uh when a, a few days ago when he said that Oregon had uh, like basically listed all the the Oregon position groups and the Georgia position groups and said they have comparable in talent to Georgia. 
that Oregon's roster is comparable in talent and the like the favors of Oregon or comparable ones to Oregon and Georgia. Some of them are so bad. Like D line, I think you said they have similar D lines, or Oregon might be better or something. Oh my! I wish he I said, had that. He said Dorless would is the best yeah. best player on the field for either team, and I was like, uh, what? doesn't Georgia have two D line that's gonna go like top like, fifteen? Yeah. Jalen <laughs> Carter, I mean, like they had second best defensive player in college football. I, I don't know what yeah. film he's watching, yeah. but uh, I was like, the question is, would Dorless start at Georgia? <laughs> yeah. No, and he's good. Dorless is good, what, but no, he what, what film is Ryan watching? Oregon's. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, yeah, he's going. He's in for a rude awakening once he see that front seven for Georgia. That's the story of Oregon. That's who. That's the only team they watch is Oregon. So, all right, hold on. I, let me just go through. I found it. So he says QBs toss up right, at running backs Oregon, wide receivers toss up lean Oregon, tight ends Georgia, O line Oregon, D D line. Oh, he says Georgia, but Dorless is the best player. Linebackers Oregon, DBs Georgia. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, Georgia does have the best tight end in the country, so that's at yeah. least he was able to recognize that Bowers is a freaking. I'll beast. give Oregon linebackers. Dude, maybe maybe. Oregon has two, or uh, Georgia has two NFL type tight ends. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even close. But the, I will also say a toss up between, I, I mean, like, was Stetson the star of the show last year? No. But say he gets a toss-up between a guy that has quarterbacked and won a national championship game and both Knicks. I'm pretty sure Georgia's returning 10 starters from a championship team. I think they'll be okay. Whoa. Yeah. And run, yeah. Running backs. Between and, and, and two in recruiting class rankings every fucking year. Well, keep oh, up, way, Ryan. We mention you every podcast. Keep it up, Ryan. Please. <laughs> the Ryan Shell honorary segment. <laughs> My dear. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, so we just move right on to the, the Kent State preview and talk about what we're gonna, what we think we're going to see this weekend's. Uh, so yeah, let's talk Kent State. Uh, we did predictions last week. Uh, unlike the the I, I, I've. I've taken, you know, I've showered every day since then. I think I've gotten all the the stank of the the 2021 Lake Donovan regime off of me. Um, oh. I'm in a much better mood. I think this is a unlike what I said last week. Um, I think this is a win. I think we're going to have a lot of fun uh, on Saturday. I think we are going to see an absolute explosion from the offense. I think we may score more points Saturday than we did in two or three games combined last year. Um, you know, yes, they may have been, you know, lower scoring games, but I'm not saying I'm not saying we're going to Arkansas State plus a couple. <laughs> um, but I'm very encouraged with what we're going to see Saturday night. Um, anybody else have further thoughts? I, I can certainly talk a little bit more about Kent State, but don't want to hog the floor. Go ahead, I, Tugs. I can't wait to see this offense. I'm uh, I'm finally excited to see an offense on Mount Lake. Um, I, if we don't score 50 plus, I'm going to be pissed because I, 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 I just want to, I want to see the offense. I want to bury them. I know they're, man, I just got last seasons. I got such a bad taste in my mouth. We're, did, did we not lose 
the last four games of the season last year? Um, if felt like it, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Was it only four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we won one. But yeah. I I want Rome with a hundred plus yards receiving. I want J Mac with a hundred plus yards receiving. I want Polk with a hundred plus yards receiving. I just want an onslaught. I want the. I want to iron out. I want to see our defense making tackles. I think I I want to see getting to the quarterback. Uh, for, from the the college football news preview of Kent State, um, keys to the their keys to the twenty twenty two season for for Kent State. Stop giving up so so many first downs. The pass rush was mediocre. The run defense was bad, and the experienced defense that should have been a whole lot better. Got ripped to shreds way too easily. The biggest overall issue, first downs. Kent State was the worst team in college football in first downs allowed by more than one per game, allowing teams to come up with 26 first downs every time out and gave up 33 more first downs than the defense allowed that allowed the second most, which was Western Kentucky. Um, Kent State was also 1-6 last year when teams ran for double-digit first downs, uh, which has to me... Uh, Big Papa's going to have a nice uh, Saturday evening uh, at Husky, playing his first game at Husky Stadium. I want, I want, I want Demo in by the third quarter. I want Heward the fourth quarter. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When did Russell Wilson show up on the yeah. podcast? <laughs> that, that was. Husky Nation, let's ride. It's Johnny Wilson. In all seriousness, though, like seriousness, uh, so what do you guys think? So, like, if obviously we lose, if it's a close game, I think it was kind of pretty concerning. What's like a, a score that'll leave you like, okay, we we have a good squad here? Like, what's a, a realistic score? Realistic. You want okay, realistic. Uh, I'd be shocked if, yeah, if Sam or and second and third team weren't playing by the third quarter. Um, just one looking at the film and just what I'm hearing as far as internally, uh, the team is definitely ready and motivated. Uh, so yeah, I'm expecting the six touchdown type game. So, um, so kind of Hooligan's point about their defense, <clears throat> they did lose, uh, they did lose a lot of those guys on defense. Um, so I don't think that's actually a good thing. I think that you lose a lot of that experience and you already had a leaky run defense. So I think if, and I, uh, I think if you look at the Texas A&M game last year for Kent state, you get a nice barometer of what we're, we'll most likely do to them. <clears throat> like really destroy them on the ground, have a lot of misdirection in the pass game, um, use the running game to set up the pass. Defense kind of dominates. And I think um, Texas A&M finished that game 41 to 10. So I think that that's a good kind of barometer for me. They did play Iowa, uh, I believe, early in the season last year, very tough. So um, I think there are, there are potentially two outcomes there, but, I think with our offensive style and um, Wayne's style, I think we kind of pull off more of the Texas A&M uh, victory over them. So about 41-10, yeah. 38-10, something like that. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd love to see 50 to 10 in that range. But I think realistically, if we're like, if we win 38, 17 or something, because I know they have a pretty decent offense. They might score a little bit. Uh, if we win 30, yeah, yeah. If they win 30, if we win 38, 17, I, I think I'll feel pretty good uh, having that kind of, uh, what, what would that be, 21? <laughs> 20, yeah, 21 point win. That'd be just under the uh, the spread. So around that. They, they have a new QB coming in. Uh, they had a yep. quarterback battle in the spring as well. Um, they do have some weapons offensively, but they're pretty undersized. Um, what I'd see, they run at 3-3-5. Their defensive line is really undersized, and their secondary is undersized as well. Um, but they play hard. So it's just utilizing their size and strength up front, and then the receivers just winning one-on-ones. And I, feel, I don't yep. see them getting challenged there is kind of the reason why I picked the score I did. Also, yep. too, just kind of with that. Uh, what was your score prediction? Uh, I would say 47-13. Okay. Ooh. Uh, what was that? What's, what was it? 47-13. Sheesh. That's heavyweight right there. Yeah. I mean, they, they do, like, to, to your point, Darker Knight, they do have a new quarterback coming in. They had a very effective weapon at that position last year who who has since moved on, who ran, who threw for, I think, 2,500-plus and ran for 712 touchdowns. I don't know if their replacement is going to be that mobile. Um, I think one of the things in terms uh, of that I'm going to be really interested to see um, and, you know, kind of trigger warning for Husky fans after last year, like, I do think Kent State will be able to run the ball a little bit um that's their shot that's the specialty of their offense but don't but that is what they do well do not take it don't jump off the deep end husky fans and think that oh my god we're we're right back where we were last year with the john don defense um they'll run the ball they'll be able to move the ball a little bit i think it's it's limiting damage they kent state had an issue last year where a lot of the time they drive and then kick field goals uh that's certainly something that i can uh see happening again on Saturday. Um, I think score prediction wise, I think I'm kind of in that right same ballpark with you, uh, darker night. I think maybe like a 45, 17, something, you know, 48, 17, something in that range. I think they could get in the, you know, maybe get that second touchdown in garbage time against the second or third string when we've taken the foot off the gas a little bit. But, uh, I think it's going to be a comfortable day. I don't necessarily think that, that Penix is going to go for, we might throw for 250 plus, or if we get a couple of long strikes off a of play action, but I think it's going to be to hood to your point. Big Papa is going to get some, get a lot of run. I think we're going to see multiple backs at that, you know, up above 40 and 50 yards. Like I think our lead back will, 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 you know, threaten the century mark, if not a little higher. And we'll, we'll get maybe one or two more, at, you know, 50 plus. Yeah. If we want to prove that we're a really good offense, we need to score above 40 points against teams like Kent State. I mean, his first game, though, so like things can change throughout the year. But, uh, you know, like really good offenses in college football, they should be getting like the top, I'm talking about like top 20 or so, 35 plus points a game. But you're playing against tough teams. So those tough teams are going to have less, obviously. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm thinking we're scoring the 30s. Not saying that we're going to have a bad offense because based on what I'm saying, but I think it's the first game. So I can see us maybe not be gelling as much as you would want us to see, but maybe get better throughout the year. I'm, I'm right there with you, DJ. Um, I do think it's going to be <clears throat> a quarter and a half of 
them kind of getting their feet underneath them, themselves with the new scheme and just kind of like having things slow down for them uh, offensively and defensively. And one thing that we did mention um, pre-show and then um, NRGC was just about like a Kent State RPO game. They really make you think a lot, um, um, make it difficult to read keys and things like that. And then on top of that, you're just checking out raw stats. Their running backs put up some good numbers as well. So yep. to your point, Hooligan, I do think that – I do think they're going to – um, kind of milk a little bit of that first half and our big thing is going to come down and you talk about points our big thing is going to come down to in that first quarter and a half when we're really fighting them and battling them and establishing you know our identity are we converting touchdowns or field goals in that process yeah so i think that's where you kind of get between that 38 to that 45 to that 50 point game as if early on if you can kind of do that because i think that second half will pull away and score comfortably so yep yeah, it's ultimately it's us converting touchdowns and them, and holding them to field goals, which was kind of their trend offensively some last year. Um, yeah, yeah, just completing drives and not just just go scoring points in general. Not yep. having a 40, 50 yard drive and then have a turnover on downs at, at the 15, 20 yard line and things something like that or turnover. So, yeah, touchdowns are yeah. important. Yeah, Obviously. linebacker and second linebacker and secondary tackling is going to be really key if with a team that run likes to run the ball, particularly the you know the spotlight's going to be on guys like Alex Cook and Asa Turner and, and Cam Williams wrapping up if as as guys get to the second level because they are effective running the ball, particularly with the uh, that read option game that you were mentioning, Hood. Yeah, and uh, Marquez Cooper, you know, he was a sophomore last year, but he did run for you know twelve hundred yards. Um, He's, you know, really shifty. He runs powerfully, but he's, you know, he's built to the ground. He's not a big guy. Um, he's really good out the backfield as far as catching the ball. He's not that great in pass protection. So it's literally if we can get to a point where we're forcing them to throw, I think they kind of play into our hands. And then I see us with a really nice sub package as far as rotating our safeties through and our linebackers because I feel that's where we have the most depth. Um, I feel that's going to be the key to the game as well. It's kind of adjusting to that RPO and how aggressive we play. Yeah, those edges are going to be real clutch in regards to, like, yep. getting too far upfield and things like that early, um, especially those top three. You know, them boys are I, – I keep reiterating it. It is bad gear for a lot of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, we think that, oh, this person is only a one-year starter. It doesn't matter. You know, these some of these kids are like, this is one and done whether or not, you know, I'm a first-round draft pick or not. So uh, it's kind of how do these kids come out – do they come out too fast or so? Uh, that, I was just about to say that was one of the things that I was going to key on was was edge play, both in terms of getting after the passer when, when we do force Kent State to throw, um, but also in terms of keeping that rush contained, uh, keeping responsibility uh, and setting the edge against the run. Is there a specific edge that you think, um, you know, might, might feast or that you're rooting for or anything like that? Braylon Trice. Is gonna have a field day. <laughs> I mean, we're having trouble blocking them in in practice, and I mean, you're you're talking about you know, Rosa Garden and uh, you know guys with that ilk. But uh, yeah, I don't see how he does not come away with at least two sacks this game. Ooh. Okay. We talking about second and third team and things like that. I would be. 
super ecstatic. We're talking about Savvy and Maurice Himes in there, and we get yep. to have a tangible look at their ability and movement skills, not like yep. full speed and when their brain's kind of going, when it's chest, not checkers. And it's a game, not practice. Um, I'm kind of excited to kind of see some of those young guys get in there, and that's why I really do want a lot of points scored just so we can kind of see that. Because um, yep. a lot of the starters this year are most likely not going to be on the roster next year, and to get a gauge of that kind of future team um, is going to be very, very important these first two weeks. Wait, so what was the question about Edge? Uh, just who you would like to see kind of get off or um, or things like that. Maybe I would just even say in relation to the whole defense, like, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm with you for a couple of reasons. Oh. <laughs> uh, for a couple of reasons. One, agreeing with you uh, about Smalls and uh, Hines because they're young guys and want to see them for the future. Uh, but also, I think if we see them showing out, I think that's a good sign of the guys in front of them that they're also doing well, too. And so that just makes our room even deeper than – what we think it is right now. So, yeah, those those two guys for sure. I want to yeah. see Martin take the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that. that yeah, that, that was. I want to see him that, go. Yeah, that was that was where I was at. Is I, I think this could be a real coming out for Jeremiah. Um, and I'm also really excited. You know, at a different position. Certainly, it'll be the first game that we see Cam Bright, um, the transfer from Pitt, but but also um, Zotube getting his first. His first start coming back from the Achilles. Yeah, it's and, and the guy that we we talked about and raved about last year, um, getting out of the you know the undeserved doghouse. Uh, Dom Hampton out at the Husky is going to be a he's going to have some nice moments on Saturday. I'll just say it that way. Oh, hood, that's oh, your yeah. boy. I can't <laughs> oh, wait to yeah. watch him wreck house. Hammerhead Hampton. Oh yeah. Yep. And uh, all right. Mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Ed. Oh, I just was gonna kind of. We just were discussing defense. I don't know if you even wanted to, if you were gonna talk about it. Um, but uh, I was gonna kind of transition over to what I was excited about in regards to offense. Um, you you mentioned Michael Penix, most likely gonna have a 200, 250 yard game. Um, I think that's what it's gonna look like in regards to. Um, just the raw stats and just uh, I don't think we're going to rely on the pass game at all. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to kind of see, uh, I would say RB2, RB3, RB4 kind of yep. get, get in there and see what we're working with. I'm really excited to see Will Nixon. Um, yep. uh, everybody raves about Cam Davis and, and I do love Cam Davis. Um, somebody mentioned, I believe it was our guy, uh, KP, mentioned that uh, Cam Davis just has more juice than everybody in that room and I personally think Will Nixon is the guy, um, coupled with Davis, but Will Nixon is the guy that does have the most juice in that room. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see uh, him out on the, these angle routes, and wheels, and things like that, man. I know it's yeah. been a couple of years, but I'm hearing some really good things about Sam Adams. So I'm excited to see him on the field yeah. and see exactly how yeah. that you well, and, and I think it, yep. And I think it's, I think this offense fits him really well. Um, and I think in particular, and I think one of the things that we're going to see, Hood, to your point, Darker Knight, to your point, is I think we're going to see a number of backs get a chance to play. And there's a lot of versatility in that room right now in terms of the skills that they bring. I think um, Wayne Salapop is more of the the downhill sledgehammer 
guy and, you know, reliable out of the backfield, but not necessarily, you know, maybe the home run hitter uh, or got that, that juice, um, the same kind of wiggle that, that Will Nixon and Cam and, and Sam might have. Uh, but just to see kind of the different pieces that we have there um, and kind of how they're utilized is going to be something that's really interesting to me on Saturday. We, uh, we, also, we no go ahead go ahead I was gonna say uh we I, I I don't think we can get off the offense man without talking about the was it three first time starters on the offensive line man anybody yeah. love for the O line man yeah no I love seeing Troy get a get a get a start out at out left tackle Roger out at Roger on the right yeah Let's go they're all four star guys too right. Out of high school, yeah. Tay, you know how I feel Who's about the, Roger. We're close. Yeah, you you saw you went to your first practice. I, I saw I saw that immediately. I was like, oh, that dude's a tackle. That's a left tackle right there. I was like, I, just watching him move and how fluid he was. I was like, yeah, they they're gonna have a hard time keeping him off the field. I said For that Roger. last spring. That's R- R- Roger Rosengard. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. His movement skills are just are, are ridiculous. Like. That's rare. And, and he's, I like to see him and, how he moves and bends. That's rare. Yeah. And he's and he's got nasty. And he's got nasty for sure. And I mean, what other benefit to have somebody like Nick Kern being able to back you up at right tackle, being able to back you up at right guard? Like, no shade to Kern, man. Like, if that is who your backup, uh, you know, offensive lineman is, your sixth, seventh offensive lineman, you're doing pretty damn good. You're doing you're pretty in good damn shape. good. So. That's, yep. I think that's another thing that I love about this uh, this coaching staff is that all these players that might have been in the doghouse or um, were doing things wrong, they all got are getting a, like a almost like a second chance to be it's like, clean slate. Yep, clean yeah, slate. clean slate. And, um, you know, I just feel like they're watching so much more film. Like that story with uh, Bright that came out about the loaves and like how he only wanted like the whole practice. He only wanted to get what five loaves or whatever. And that was, I don't know. I just thought that was a cool story and, and uh, how it kept him motivated and they kept watching more and, you know, just watch film all like all the time. That was a, so what's really cool to me, um, it's annoying to keep continuing the same, but the, the progression of these upperclassmen from, you know, last year is ridiculous. And it's mainly in mindset. You know, they've always had the physical talent. Asa Turner, you know, Cam Williams, Dom Hampton. Uh, a lot of these guys have already had have the physical talent, you know. And it was about, like, putting in that work. You know, when you see that work being put in and people like Zotup pop, people like Danny High Muley pop, when they know what they're looking at and they can kind of read and react like it was in high school. Know, and it's it's that clean slate has has also been just a, a resurgence of like this um i would say this mental fortitude that kind of was missing the last two years under jimmy lake you know you see the story about nate Kalepo and how he was eaten like that's uh-huh. that is out of this world if you call yourself you know a high you know we got so many resources available at uw and that's you know what our athletes are doing so lord have mercy Dude, how is yep. he eating that much? Like, what he what did he say? He lost thirty pounds. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh my Yo, that, God. that meal that he was eating at McDonald's is wild. <laughs> two Big Macs, like two McChickens or something, large fry. McFlurry. Yeah, McFlurry and a Coke. Huh. Yeah, McKeefree got them boys in shape, shape. And yep. they, they ran with it. They didn't run from it. They ran with it. So Man, I, got a choice. That, I think it was Grub <laughs> that said, right? It was Grub that said that. He was like, uh, I think he was just saying, like, we had to, we came in here or something, and we didn't even have to, like, force these guys to do anything. You know, so. When you're hungry and motivated, want it, it don't take much. It, it, it's, that's a clear signal that the, the want to was there last year amongst the guys on the roster. The want to was not there in the coaching staff. And uh, when I said it in our Twitter exchange today that uh, it seems like uh, Coach Saha's specialty the last couple of years was uh, just mailing it in like an absentee ballot. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he stole his job. A little less impactful. Yeah, yeah it seems um, like the team has a little bit of a chip on the shoulder too, which is what you yes. want. Absolutely. Tug's so, good. So I remember when he – when we – he came in and he we were like oh dude he's doing such a good job and you know do, do you was he mailing it in because of who the head coach was no i just and, think he just relied on his past success he has such early success at you that he just kind of yeah. i don't think he adapted he just kind of kept with his program and what it was doing but players weren't developing as they should um on either side of the ball physically I mean, you've seen some guys, you know, that just kind of had that natural gift. Like, if you look at, like, Kyler Gordon, like, I literally watched his body transform. Um, but I think that was more him and kind of what he was doing in the offseason as well, like what guys were doing yep. to supplement those workouts. Um, and it just got stale, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, O-line and stuff like that. Like, nobody was really, like, changing. But then you see McKeefrey come in and him posting the before and after picture, and you see year one, you see a body change. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what I mean? I think the way I would look at it, if I can jump in right there, is it's just like I, I think amongst the previous staff, both, you know, the, the latter staffs under Peterson and, and, and Jimmy, and I think it impacted Jimmy. I think he, he didn't like yeah. with all the all of the recruiting battles that we've lost over the last two years that can be kind of laid a little bit at his doorstep, not to, to beat a dead horse, but the want to and the passion and the the drive just wasn't there. Um, I, I think, you know, I think he'd gotten burned out with all the battles and all the maintenance that he had to do on certain guys to keep them in the boat. The, you know, his, during the latter time of him, you know, of him being the DC. And I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's understandable to get burned out on recruiting um, after, you know, with, with some of the shit that goes on in recruiting. But that said, when you have a staff full of people that are tired, um, and that are kind of burned out and just past their make their name stage. That's not a good thing. I, I agree, uh, and then you can see like we're talking about pointing, and I, I definitely would would attribute it to Saha. Um, now, I mean, you look at Nate Kalepo's regimen, you know, like that's on Saha. You know what I mean? In my opinion, yep. um, yeah. But also, too, if you look at, like, John Donovan and his offense and then also what Jimmy Lake wanted, he wanted these guys huge, and he wanted these guys. So it also could be, could have been, you know, Saha just listening to what the scheme was asking of yep. him, just get big by any means necessary and push people off the ball. And so it was just a myriad of things. And it is what it is. Now these boys are in ridiculous shape, ready to knock some heads off. 
Good, Tugs. Dude, who's excited to see some fucking offense on Mount Lake? <laughs> oh, man. About damn time. It's about damn time. <clears throat> Scoreboard, baby. Dude, let's go. They're going to think that defense is sweet, too, because Lake and them is gone, and PK and Go ahead and think the defense is sweet. Go <laughs> You see Ace's body? Do you see how big our, our starting secondary is Dude, with the average? Alex Cook is huge. Their secondary what, average is like 6'1", 210. <laughs> whatever Asa Turner is listed is lying. He is 250. Oh, he's plus. way more than They got him listed at 201. I was like, Asa, what? Where? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I like your thighs. <laughs> hey, can I give a quick shout out and plug? Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen this IG account, Husky Throwbacks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I need that, to visit that store. I need to yes. visit that store. I think they're going to be at the tailgate. B1. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Nice. I'm there. They got some ill stuff. I need oh, that I Jim Lambright polo. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you see it in an extra large darker night. Oh, it's <laughs> over. Save it for me. Please. Somebody <laughs> save it to the side. That's crazy. That is the like, dopest, ugliest. I, I know. I, would, I, man, I, I, I know the guy for this one. He'll buy it. He'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good for it. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, what you think I develop a body for that polo by accident? That's <laughs> <laughs> all I've been training for. Just give me that polo. <laughs> right arm curls. Yeah, 16 and 12 ounce curls, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Please come back out the, with that. Please. Where's that store at? It's not too far. I want to say it's a cool idea. Tukwala. I think it's Renton yeah. or something. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it's close. Yeah. It's close for sure. But you you only can visit it uh, by appointment, so you got to say. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I think awesome. it's just one guy who runs it. Damn. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, like I said, a, I, a lady, I, yeah. I think I saw them post that they're going to be selling stuff at the E1 tailgate somewhere. So I'm going to bring Definitely some cash. Definitely support them, please. <laughs> yeah. Husky Nation. By the way, there's also a new. Uh, yeah, there, there's also a new uh, starter jacket at the bookstore that looks pretty dope. What? They finally started. You see the new the new Adidas? The new little Adidas shoes are pretty fire, too. I was like, yeah. oh, it only took you three years, Adidas. What are we doing? The, the, the new Royal jersey? We haven't talked about that. That oh, white with the gold oh, numbers, yeah. that shit is... We had a flagship, uh, you know, pro football program. I know you have Nebraska and Miami, but if you say it out your mouth and it's in the contract that you wear your flagship Adidas program, I want some exclusive stuff. You know what I mean? I want something Didn't that isn't a I, I, didn't, I think uh, Nebraska Jersey. onside kicked that distinction. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Uh, well, Scott, you talking about somebody that just – Crap the bed, win, bro. That's the pressure to win. That's that Auburn stuff. You have bro. all the momentum, and you all say, "Like what? Why are you so desperate? Just kick it off." I mean, we don't that know what crazy. that pressure like, bro. That pressure, crazy. Oh, it's pressure. Right you know, he know that seat's warm, but that's. I mean, come on, coaching one on one, man. It's like you have all the momentum. They haven't stopped you. You gonna get my short field? <laughs> oh man, let's not oh. do that on Saturday, please. Oh, I want to I want to call a couple people out real quick. Uh, 
Jeff Robertson, you know, you guys know J Rob. That's my guy. Yeah. I, yes. I, I grew up with him, so I'm, I feel like I can give him some shit. But uh, apparently, so we're on, a, I forgot, it was Noah's spaces after like the main Husky one. And a couple Oregon fans were giving him crap because uh, they're like, oh, someone said Jeff Robertson. And someone's like, oh, isn't that the Husky fan that was considering being a Duck fan? So if that's actually true, Jeff, stop that. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I got that's some that's some key stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know but, Jeff was, was mad skeptical for a long time and hopefully he's seeing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he's seeing it. And and less of a so HUD uh, Hood, Hood wants uh, Oregon to win this weekend, just so everyone knows. He wants all Pac-12 teams. Yeah, so. I think this is the year. I, <laughs> and, and for me personally, man, this is just a year where it's like, man, fuck all y'all for ruining college football. Like, I get it, though, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a GP kind of kind of vibe, you know, but obviously I, we handle their behavior all the time. Whether they win or lose, their behavior going to be exactly It's not going to change. <laughs> so that's, like, a that's a great just, point. Just win the game, and you're going to talk like you won the game anyway. You know, we came out of the deal yeah. with the best thing. We got landing. <laughs> you're going to make it. They're going to post a picture of you see know, the landing and Kirby hugging that center field. Kirby is handing the torch. Like, they're going to make some shit up. Oh, it was Landing's defense. It was his. It was uh, he was the mastermind behind it. Didn't worry about that. Yeah, you see, Florida State's offense decided to look explosive out of nowhere when people leave. So, <laughs> Bruh. you got walk-ons popping. Jeez, Trey Benson looking. I see Michael. I mean, granted, they were they were playing yards on eleven Dion, but True, right. Hey, hey. Hey, and that, and and I meant that is respectfully to, to prime time, but, <laughs> but oh, so on one other thing. Sorry, I, I keep on <laughs> bringing up side things. But what's a game that you guys are excited, looking forward to seeing this weekend? Not UW, not Oregon. Like any other games? Like oh, uh, hands down, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Oh yeah, that's a good that's one. A game. That's Utah, a game Florida. Yes, Utah, Florida. Yes, that's. Utah, Florida, and I think uh, Oregon State. <laughs> Oregon State, Boise State. Boise versus Oregon State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcus That's Freeman going back home to face Ohio State with a 17-and-a-half-point spread. He had that circle, showed his team. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to see this game. Is Texas Bama playing this? Is that, is that next week, Texas Bama? I think Bama? it's week two. Yeah. It's week two. Yeah. Oh, week two got some crazy games. And then we're obviously going to have them random-ass games that ain't supposed to be closed, going to be closed, the ones that are supposed to be yeah. closed. It's college some, football. Some you upsets, yeah. So that's the thing, because like, we'll be tailgating, uh, hopefully, and that's the one thing I, I hate about, like, going to the game and tailgating. I miss, like, watching all the games uh, for the most part on TV. I love just sitting home watching all those. You just got to find the right trailer, man. True, right. yeah. And that stuff, yeah. You be yeah. thinking that yeah. old school antennas like <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my hanger out the room. Oh, how you get this game on? You know, just gotta <laughs> move these antennas a certain way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, low key. Man. There is a. Uh, um, hopefully, I will have this uh, posted by sometime tomorrow. Uh, there will be a pack team, a pack twelve. 
And it's it's going to be a big deal because uh, we'll just say it this way. If uh, Arizona State loses to Northern Arizona, that is um, not uh, – Herm is going to be in even bigger trouble ooh. than he already is. Herm is that a possibility? Uh, no. I mean, well, I uh, maybe. I, I mean, they beat Arizona anything. last year. Whoa. Holy shit. So, yeah, my week one objective is Oregon State beat Boise State, Utah beat Florida, Oregon beat Georgia. Yep. And no, well, except for that one. Across the face. <laughs> well, I think, I feel like if, if we can handle Michigan State and Utah gets Florida and Oregon State win, that's a pretty good non conference schedule for, uh, win, wins for the Pac 12. So, we don't need Oregon. We can, we can do well without the other ones. We want to talk about leverage. We want to talk about all that type of stuff. And like, oh, like our brands are the hottest right now, you know, in these prime time slots. We beat the guys and the conferences that you want to X, Y, and Z talk about. Well, and and they're not playing anybody this weekend, but USC needs to be yeah. below the just needs oh to gosh. blow the doors off of Rice. They're gonna be in um, a lot of 40, 40 to forty five type. <laughs> how they gonna stop anybody on defense? Also, too, man, shout right. out to Rice, man. We gotta bring Marcus Tuyasa Sopo back home, man. Man, he needs to come home. He been needing to come home. He been needing to come home. Yeah, um, but uh, well, and I will say, uh, keep an eye on things. You know, as as always, uh, keep an eye on. Well, I will also say, you know, keep an eye on tweets from Flug Empire. Uh, some even more stuff was breaking. It, it came out today that it sounds like there were some meetings with us in the Big Ten. Uh, I know he covered it in his YouTube show yesterday that and that a current employee at a Big Ten institution said in regards to Big to Washington's membership in the Big Ten that it basically is easy to digest, easy to understand, um, makes a lot of sense, and basically would be easy to rally around getting consensus um, from those members. So. Um, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. I'm not really in doubt um, in terms of the Big Ten wanting us. And, and I certainly think that um, there are enough arguments that can be made that we're not going to be anchored by uh, Cal College. And then uh, speaking of Greg, he Ooh. had a YouTube episode come out today about Washington Huskies. Uh, I yep. didn't watch it yet or listen to it, so I got. Yeah, I haven't had a chance me. to watch it watch it yet. It's on my to do list for tomorrow for sure. Yeah. Uh, after I get this pod edited and you know actually get other things done. Um, anybody have anything else to say, or should we call it a call it a night and say go to? I did have, but no, I had a quick question for everybody. Uh, once yeah. the two deeps were released, uh, obviously, uh, or a couple of days ago, was there a surprising? either order or starter that you noticed and why Gosh. It, for me the We're biggest surprised. one was, was Todd Davis like the, I mean, okay. yeah and it's not any disrespect to Todd to Todd Davis at all um I I just I, I have a ton of um the college tape that that Jalen Polk has put up mm-hmm. um I mean, and I think that this offense is going to spread the ball around. And so it's whether you're the starter in the slot or the fourth, the, 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 I mean, like everybody's going to see the field. We're going to see six balls this year. We're going to see probably five plus and 10 plus catches. Um, passes to go around. Um, but that, that was a little bit of a surprise for me. 
Yeah, know? for sure. Uh, the other one that was maybe not surprised, but I was intrigued about was the cornerback situation. I think we lost DJ. DJ, your computer said, nah, you you good. It's okay. <laughs> Whatever point you're about to make, nah. So, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, go ahead, bud. So, watching the, like, when I was reading the 2D, um, I think uh, Wayne, is it Wayne? Wayne, uh, I'm not going to. Tulapapa. Talapapa. Talapapa. Yeah, I was. Uh, he's he's from he's our our uh, transfer from Virginia, right? Yeah, he's right. he's an older kid. It's like what, 24, 25, something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's 24, 25. Yeah, or because I know he took a mission. I know he's older. Okay, I was just I I was shocked to see him and then Will Nixon because I. I, I, yeah, I was just shocked at those two to to see them listed as one two at, at tailback. But um. yeah, I com- I completely agree with you. Um, my two are uh, Wayne Talapapa. Obviously, you know you didn't participate in the spring. You know what I mean. And um, we were, you know, the way that the coaching staff was kind of talking about the running back position. You just were kind of like, dang, like you know, somebody's got to pop. And then we saw we know what Cam Davis brings to the table. So we're just kind of like, okay. We expect Cam kind of to be that guy, but then seeing Wayne be, you know, RB one was was pretty surprising. Um, just because I'm pretty sure Husky Nation hadn't had, uh, just the guys just haven't had their eyes on on him or, or knew who he was. And then uh, the second one would be uh, Vince Nunley making the two deeps. Yeah, that was uh, that was my my primary kind of surprise. Uh, ju- I I know f- just watching his high school film, he seems like. He's phenomenal in man, man coverage for a safety, and that's the type of uh, you know talent we're gonna need, skill set we're gonna need, uh, running a, more, a much more aggressive defense. So I really, really like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they were versatile and using him, using him in the uh, the slot, using him at Husky, even potential for him outside if we run in out there. Um, I just really wouldn't be surprised to them utilizing him. Yeah, that's why I mentioned previously with uh, I could see us using a lot of sub packages. So we're just running through a lot of the safeties because we're just so deep at that position. Like yep. if Julius Erbinger on <laughs> third safety, and you know how talented he is when he's healthy. Uh, it, that literally, I mean, I was like, wow, uh, when I seen that. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I'm excited to see. I mean, you see Carson Bruner, you see how he played last year, and to see him kind of listed as a backup was kind of eye-opening too. But you got to look at what Alfonso is doing in the spring and the kind of camp he's had, and I don't see how you not start him. I mean, he's a bigger, faster, stronger guy yeah. with an attitude. I was, I was, ju- I was just going to say it was weird seeing Bruner, how well he played, and we're like, oh, fuck, we – you know, because I feel like linebacker was a weak spot last year, and now it's like a strong spot. Hey, Bob there. Gregory. Like, <laughs> and, and, well, yeah, you lose Cooper McDonald, and you lose, uh, gosh, let's just Jackson, I think of Jackson right now. 
I literally just had to think of happy thoughts. But uh, you lose them <laughs> off a of linebacking core that was struggling, plus Eddie's hurt. So, you know, I mean, that was like the the question mark yeah. going in. But now I feel like it's a strength with just the, yeah. the guys that we have and the depth we have as well. I mean, yeah. I, would, I would tell Husky Nation to go watch 2019 Chris Mull. And I would say there's not 10 linebackers in the country that are better than 2019 what? Chris Mull. Man. You know what I mean? Just and and not only look at the raw stats, but like watch him play and watch his movement skills and watch the athleticism, watch the instincts and the, kind of the playmaking ability, the ball skills. Like he's ridiculous um, and not super heavy either. So I think he's like two between two fifteen to two kind yeah, of twenty two, right so around that two twenty. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he's they got him listed at two seventeen. He's a heat seeking missile. Yep. And a can cover. And Cam's the same way. Yeah, the linebackers this year can Cam cover. Is not no more the years of the, the the Manus and the sermons. Now we actually have some linebackers that can cover. You, dude, you you had to give me a trigger warning on Manu. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, watch you, it. You want the you, you want the two words that say that Bob Gregory sucks as a linebacker coach? It's Kyler Manu. <laughs> That, that was what we trotted uh, out. That, like that, he was what we were trotting out after five. After Gregory had been here for five fucking years. Oh like, God. come on, like, man! I respect the fact you put on the purple and gold. Man, had a great mustache, respect, but, but my goodness, I'd rather what, drop the defensive tackle and cover. Moles a transfer <laughs> too, right? Yeah, UAB. Yeah, UAB. Like, go, go, like right now, Tug man, go peep the Ross that had over a hundred tackles, a bunch of tackles for losses. Uh, interceptions. Um, and if you watch some of the highlights of the interceptions, they're extremely athletic. Like he, he's he's a little sneaky, and we got him late in the process too. And you know, we talk about Bruner being, uh, you know, in the two deeps, but it, as backups, I mean, Chris Mole as a backup, like that's ridiculous. He reminded me a lot of Devin Lloyd when I watched him on on tape. Yeah. Just, Ooh. Just kind of, just kind of your mind. For real? Yes. Yeah, you're talking. He's, he's more Whoa. explosive than Devin Lloyd, though. Yeah, he's not as like lengthy. He's not as lengthy. Yeah, he's un, person, yeah, but but he's yeah. His instincts yeah. and just how he plays, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Think like Victor yeah. Iowa type, like kind of in the box. Ezekiel Turner, nice. kind of in the box type. Kind of that tweener, really yeah. at super athletic type. Yeah. Yeah, oh. what DJ was gonna say before his mic canceled him, um, he was talking about the, the <laughs> other corner opposite Jordan Perriman and FC Canada's mic. He was talking about the other corner, and that's certainly interesting. And certainly, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, Devon Banks has made a, a big move uh, over the course of the spring and the fall. Um, it's certainly going to be intriguing to watch there. And uh, DJ also requested that anybody that's got a tailgate going on. Uh, Saturday, get at him in the DMs. Um, and I will also say on this subject, we're kind of in the in the vein of what uh, DJ was saying with shout outs. Uh, just want to say a big shout out to our guy, Joel Dombrow, and, and one of our GCs, yeah. great guy. Um, and uh, w- as was mentioned on Twitter today, uh, we're, we're working on getting a, a big gathering of Husky Twitter and Sound of Siren folks and GC folks together for the Michigan State game. So let's light it up. Uh, let's keep that conversation going. Anybody else have anything they want to say about Kent State or any other myriad topics regarding Husky football right now? It's a Go dogs! Shout out to Joel as well, for sure. Yep. All right. Go dogs. We will be back. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, copy some, some cigars from Cigar Concierge. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
Uh, go dogs, beat the shit out of the Golden Flashes. We'll be back either post game recap or uh, recap after the game or uh, pre game next week. Go dogs. Yes, sir.